Hi, I'm Chris Peppel, and you're listening to my Look to See Me podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about grief, and um, it, it stems from a personal experience. We're, but we're going to talk about what grief can look like and what grief can feel like, and looking to see the people who are grieving. It's been a hard week for my family. Got a call last week that my brother had passed away unexpectedly and very suddenly while at work. When that phone call came, I knew something was wrong because it was earlier in the morning than I usually talk to my sister-in-law, and it was heart-wrenching from the start. I could hear her tears before I could hear her words, and life changed for everybody in that moment. I could picture her, his, my brother's children having to be told. I, I could picture the heartache of his coworkers who found him unresponsive and tried desperately to save his life and couldn't. And I could picture his grand his grandchildren having to be told that they lost their they lost a grandfather in an instant. And there's some amazing resources out there on stages of grief. And I really want to encourage all of you who are listening to look up those, find a good book about the stages of grief because it is very important to understand what we go through when we grieve, what we experience, what grief can look like. And it, it helps us to know how to respond to people who are grieving when we, when we look to see them, when we look to see where they are in the grieving process. Uh, one thing I do want to remind everybody, though, that it's not a linear stages of grief. It's not one, two, three, four, five. These are the stages of grief. Sometimes we start out in one stage and move to another and then go back to that first stage of grief. And so when you're reading the stages of grief, make sure that you read all of the comments and read all of the information about it because it is very clear that it, it's not a process that we just go through in step one, here's step two, step three. We go backwards and forwards, and some days we don't even look like we're grieving, and other days we're, we're grieving so hard that we can't stand up, and then we might, the very next day, not appear to be grieving again. Uh, so grief can have many different faces to it, and grief has no timeline there is not a certain amount of time for any death that we should be over the grief. That's something very important that I want to talk about early on here is that uh, a lot of people think, well, it, it's been a year and she's not over it or he's not over that and it's been two years. You know, grief doesn't happen in stages exactly in a set order and it doesn't follow a timeline. So that's one of the things that I want to mention up first, but I'm not going to get into that because there's great resources out there that I really encourage you to educate yourself on if you're the person grieving. And I also the, one of the reasons I want you to look for the resources is because grief isn't something that we're meant to carry alone. Grief uh, is very deep and personal, and it affects everybody slightly differently. But that's why there's wonderful grief support groups. You know, we need each other at times to help us understand what we're facing. To help, we need somebody sometimes to say, can I lean on you? Can you help me carry this for a, a few steps of this journey? 
Can you help me understand what I'm going through? So coming together in support groups can be absolutely an amazing resource. And again, there's no timeline for how long you stay in that. You can stay in that support group for years and years and years and um, you know, still acknowledge that it hurt to lose the person that you lost. So I, I was thinking about grief, though, and just how I was going through grief and what I, w- I was facing. And I had to go tell our father that he lost his son. And that was a very hard moment for me. It was not something that I wanted to do or wanted to face. And I knew that I had to because he had to be told. And so that was that was very, very hard and challenging for, for many reasons that I'm not going to get into here on this podcast. But he he has Alzheimer's, and he doesn't understand things the way that other people without Alzheimer's would understand it. So even telling him was a, a process. I couldn't just walk in and share the news and hold his hand for a moment and... Um, you know, talk to him about the grief. I It had to come in stages with his Alzheimer's, and he has to then be retold again at times. But I, I took a minute to be quiet and think about what I was doing, because my actions since that phone call uh, cannot necessarily be explained by everybody. It's like, so what are you doing? And I had to even stop and ask myself that sometimes. What are you doing? I I go from, you know, wanting to not get up out of bed to wanting to clean the whole house and just scrub. And uh, my my children are going to be amazed that the kitchen is rearranged. I totally rearranged the kitchen cabinets. And my children are like, okay, just tell us where it is. And they're grieving in their own way because loss just hits everybody. I mean, this was their uncle that they lost, that they loved. And so I put down some thoughts about what grief can look like. Grief might look like tears flowing uncontrollably, your body sobbing so hard that you can't stand. Grief may look like a smile because sweet memories flood your mind. Grief may look like laughter as you release the stress and sorrow. Grief may look like scrubbing every corner of the house. Grief may look like a mess when you pull out every photo album and leave them piled in every table and chair. Grief may look like shopping when you just can't stay in the house. Grief may look like an inability to eat because nothing sounds good. Grief may look like eating every cookie in the house and making strawberry shortcakes and grilling out because they love to. Grief may look like sitting and watching children play nearby. Grief may look like wanting to be alone. Grief may look like going to a concert because you just need music to surround you. Grief may take you on sunset hikes or lead you to your favorite chair. Grief may sneak up on you or you may see it coming. Grief may start to heal in the days ahead, but grief may also linger for days and months and years. Grief may seem to disappear yet reappear without warning. Grief is known yet undefinable. I put those thoughts down because as different family members grieve and friends who have lost 
uh, friends and family members. You know, sometimes I hear people say, can you believe that? She's grieving. She's only been dead a week and they went out to a concert. Can you believe that they're grieving and she had the house painted? You know, there are things that we have to do that don't have to make sense to somebody else. And that is not, none of those things are disrespect to the person who passed away. It is a tribute to life when we make choices that lead us a tiny, tiny bit into healing, help us stay alive in this moment so we can face the funeral, help us face the emptiness that's ahead, the loss of where that person would have been in our life. It's, it's not a disrespect to put on an outfit that makes you feel amazing. It's not disrespect to go hear the music that they would have loved. It's not disrespect to, you know, eat that strawberry shortcake, grill out. And it makes my heart hurt when I know that somebody is truly grieving and the person that's talking does not look to see that person. Why are they doing what they're doing? Where in their grief are they? Is this part of a healing step that they need to do? Do they need to reconnect with people, reconnect with music, reconnect with food? If what they're doing is not healthy, for example, if somebody can't eat or is not staying hydrated, we can also see that as part of grief and we can make loving comments, offer them, hey, brought you some tea or some water or some milk or juice. Let's sit together and, you know, I need to hydrate. How about you? Let's have a big old tall glass of water together. Or I know you don't feel like eating. What, what comfort food can I make you to just eat a little bit? Can you eat toast? Would you like some fruit if I sit and eat some fruit with you? If that person can't move back something, offer to go to a grief support group with them or offer something to move them in a direction where they can stay healthy without asking that they stop grieving. We have to let them experience that depth of pain. That depth of pain is not going to go away. But we can be there to help people make healthy choices to where they can get the sustenance that they need to move through the grief and still be healthy themselves. So what am I saying? What is the, why is this coming under look to see me? Because we really have to. We have to look to see the person. Look to see how they're moving through the different stages of grief. And again, it's okay if they flip-flop back and forth. That, that is grief. We don't want to say, well, they seemed fine yesterday, and now they can't come to work today. Maybe not. You know, that is totally okay if that's where they are in their grieving. If today is the day that they cannot get up, then today is the day they cannot get up, even if they did yesterday. Like I said, for me, it has been a crazy combination of cleaning and making a mess. I can't tell you how many photo albums I have pulled out looking for pictures of my brother 
photo albums that other people have passed on, pictures for me, and things in shoeboxes, and things that aunts have sent me and said, here's a, here's a picture of him that you might want to have. Um, it's, it's making a mess. It's all over the table where we normally eat. <laughs> we went to um, share a meal, and I said, well, we can eat at the table that has all the laundry on it that I haven't folded yet, or we can eat at the table with all of the pictures scattered all over or all of the mail that I haven't opened yet. <laughs> we decided not to eat at a table, and that's okay because that's where I am this week. I'm dealing with a lot, and I'm juggling with a lot, and if somebody walks in and says, oh my goodness, the laundry is on the kitchen table, yes it is, yes it is, and it's going to stay there for a day or two, and that's okay. That's the biggest thing that I want to say is that when you're not the person grieving, you can't define grief for someone else. You can't say, oh my goodness, this is horrible. You can't have your laundry on the kitchen table. Or you can't eat strawberry shortcake for breakfast. Yes, I can. And yes, I did. And it's okay. You know, just as I face things, I am assessing whether I'm being healthy. I told my son the other day, make me drink water. Buy me a bottle of water and make me drink water because I've stopped hydrating. And that's not good for me. And so he did. He bought me a bottle of water. And he mentioned to me a couple of times, Hey, drink your water. Here, I'll sit at this table with you and drink your water. Uh, he took me outside and walked around at a park when he felt like it was getting too heavy for me to stay in the house. When I was going too deep into the trying to find pictures. So it's... It's grief is known yet undefinable. I can't explain to you. And his wife's grief, it's okay if her grief looks totally different from what my grief looks like. She knew him for 36 years as a spouse. That looks different from me knowing him as a brother. And his children's grief will look different because that was their daddy. And the grandchildren's grief will look different depending on what age they are. And we can't tell people how to grieve. We can be with people in grief. We can be there and if we see them following, following some unhealthy patterns or falling into grief so deeply that they can't realize that they're not taking care of themselves at all, we can help them find a counselor to talk to or a grief support group or we can hand them a bottle of water and say let's let's hydrate let's let's here let's find an apple or some grapes or something to eat that's healthy but grief has so many different faces and it just it makes me sad when we don't look to see the person and take time to really understand that grief is different for everybody that's why I talk so much about what look to see me means. Because so many times we just want to have one image of what somebody looks like. 
what does somebody grieving look like? I want you to show me a picture and tell me how to grieve or tell me if they're grieving correctly. Uh, that works for everything. You know, there is no one picture of what uh, friendship looks like, what marriage looks like, what lifelong relationships look like, what faith looks like, what education looks like. There is no one way to just say there's there's one step picture that we can give you for everything. So that's why I really always stress in this, look to see me. And that me is not necessarily me. <laughs> that me is the person that you're with, the person that you care about, the person that you're in your community that you don't know at all and you're trying to figure out how to get to know them. Look to see that person. You know, maybe they're making some of their decisions while grieving. You know, I had to go to a work-related meeting in the middle of my grief. And at some point, I just told them, I'm going to do this a little bit differently than what I normally would uh, because I had an unexpected death in my family this week. And um, I don't think I could do it the way that I had originally prepared to handle this meeting. And they were fine with that. Like, I, I still did everything I was supposed to do. I just acknowledged the grief that I was going to do it a little bit differently than I had planned. I canceled classes. I thought, there's some things I can't do right now. And some of it is um, teaching online just for a few days. I didn't cancel every single one, but I, I canceled quite a few of them because there's details that I'm having to deal with that... I need to focus on, and I need to focus on the grieving, and I I didn't have the ability to focus on the students, and I would not have done a good job. And whether the parents and the students understand, most of them did. And the ones that didn't, I can't control that. I, I had to let that go. If it hurt somebody, um, not hurt, I hope it didn't hurt somebody, but if it inconvenienced somebody, I apologized and said, I'm sorry if this is inconvenient, but I still have to do what I had to do in that moment. Most of the parents and kids were great, though. Most of them understand grief and were uh, just so kind and so loving. So I, I appreciate those people who said, I understand. Yes, do what you have to do. Yes, take as much time as you need. I really appreciated those people. So look to see the person. Look to see. Don't just say, ah, that's a person who cancels classes. Look to see why. Don't just say, ah, that's a person who did that meeting that way. Look to see why. I was grieving. Maybe someone in your office is grieving and they just haven't told you yet. Maybe somebody in your community that is doing something and you're wondering, why did they make that choice? They may be making that choice in grief. And it could be something totally else. But if you take time to look to see that person, you can then bring a sense of understanding to the situation and um, be a support. Be in community with that person. Be somebody who says, ah, you want me to send you dinner? Here, what, how I can send you a card in the mail. Can I do that? Would, would having a physical card be a blessing? Yes, all of those, whatever the person can do to the parent who just said, take all the time, to the person who sent a card, to the family who sent a meal, all of that means so much that people took the time to look to see me, that people said, 
here's what I can do and here's what I think you need because I look to see the depth of your pain. So think through what I said. Grief can look so many different ways from the cleaning to the making a mess to the not feeling like eating to the eating everything in front of you to taking a hike or sitting in your favorite chair. So acknowledge your grief and look to see the person who might be grieving. How can you walk alongside that person and be a blessing in their life, be a friend, be a loved one who um, sees that grief and allow them to see your grief as well if that's helpful for them. Thank you so much for listening to my Look to See Me podcast.